From Boise State University, this is Update Live. Welcome, everybody, to Update Live. Um, I'm Brady Moore from Communications and Marketing at Boise State. Um, and if you two want to just introduce yourselves, we can get started. All right. <laughs> I'm Amy Vecchione. I work in Albertson's Library. I run the Maker Lab, and I'm a professor here at Boise State. And I'm Janessa. I'm the director of Hackfort. Awesome. So yeah, we're going to be talking about Hackfort today. So let's start with you, Janessa. What is Hackfort? Sure. Uh, so Hackfort is the tech portion of Treefort Music Fest. Mm -hmm. um, Treefort is a music festival that happens in Boise. It's the sixth year that it's happened. And underneath the music festival, very similar to South by Southwest, there are forts. So there's yoga fort, food fort, ale fort, um, something for everyone in that sense. And Hackfort is that tech portion. Um, we kind of rebranded this year. We're a digital humanities conference. Um, and we're really focusing on the delightful aspects of technology as opposed to like a startup conference or, or anything that is more traditional in that sense. Um, so yeah, all of our, our programming this year is really meant to delight people. Okay. What, what sort of programming is uh, slated for this year? Gosh, so much. Um, so we really tried to focus on verticals this year, and the verticals that we chose are gaming, like board gaming, console, and um, PC, uh, and then big data, as well as hardware, like um, kind of the, the maker spaces and then virtual reality, augmented reality, all of that. So um, in terms of like top pieces of programming, I, mean, I, de I definitely, you know, encourage everyone to check out the, the TreeFord app, which has like full lineup and schedule information. But uh, we've got a lot of big stuff. I think the biggest one is Nate Silver and the 53018. They're doing a live podcast Friday at the Egyptian. That's going to be really, really big. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Nate Silver, but he's um, a well-known name in, in sports and political forecasting. Um, and I think they as a team have only done three other live podcasts. So this is super special for Boise um, to be included in that. Um, other really awesome things, um, something I'm excited about is PlayStation and a DJ um, Mikna are doing um, an onstage dialogue about the process of choosing and composing music for video games. I feel like that's an appropriate one for Treefort. But really, we've got so much. We've got a local company, Vinyl, that's doing an augmented reality schedule, which means you point your phone at the banner with the Treefort app and you see a schedule that doesn't exist there. I mean, it's augmented reality. I think we're the first festival to ever utilize that technology. Cool. Um, and it's created custom just for Treefort. So that's really exciting. I mean, there's so there's really so much I could talk forever about the really great things that we've got. There's an expo hall of local VR, augmented reality, and gaming companies. Um, so people can come and experience not only um, what local people are doing on that scale, but also we've got some exclusive experiences like Eagle Flight VR, which is out from Ubisoft. Um, so there's just, there's so much. Yeah, mm -hmm. lots, lots to do and lots to see for sure. Yeah. yeah. When you mentioned the, the making uh, aspect of Hackford as well, Amy, can you speak to what, what a maker is, what that whole community is about? Sure. A lot of what I work on is uh, helping people identify themselves as makers. Um, everyone could be a maker, and sometimes people think to themselves, "Oh, I am not. I am not a maker. That's not true." They will cook, or they knit, or they sew, and that kind of gets people into the continuum of things that leads to making. Um, at, at its essence, anybody that has an idea of something they want to create is a maker. Um, our maker spaces here in the Treasure Valley and at Boise State try to reduce the barriers to getting people into using emerging technology to build and create new things, whatever those may be. Um, we do have some makers making augmented reality 
apps in our makerspace, which is pretty amazing. That's cool. Um, they just won the Appathon, actually designing uh, the OIT Appathon on campus, designing augmented reality for teaching people how to 3D print. So it shows you where to put all the different things. That's really helpful for people who are really scared of using emerging technology. Um, they can actually just watch a live video about what to do when they're trying to change filament or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. And, and you're going to be part of a panel as part of Hackford, correct? I'm moderating a panel about new tools and resources and kind of where we're going in which directions are we going with making? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Cool. Well, and then Janessa, back to you. How does um, Hack4 interact with the rest of Treefort Festival? Are there like crossover events? You mentioned mm -hmm. the augmented reality on the app. Um, what other sort of interactions are there? Totally. That's one thing that I feel like is really unique with Tree4. All of the forts really try to integrate with one another and do crossover programming. So uh, the one I'm most excited about is we're doing a live screening of Kubo and the two strings. Um, and in addition to like the maker component, uh, Brian McLean, he's from Leica, which are the people that, that made the film uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Not only is he doing a Saturday morning keynote, but he is dropping in on a stop motion animation workshop using 3D printers. Um, and we're hoping to show a finalized pro product of that, like a short film, um, the, the morning of uh, Sunday morning at the free screening of Kubo and the Two Strings. So that's a film for Hack Fort crossover. Uh, we've got a Yoga Fort Hack Fort crossover um, in that we've got um, a virtual reality experience that's about movement, and that'll be on the Yoga Fort um, floor and jump. Okay. Um, I think. Those are the predominant ones. Oh, Kid Fort. We have tons of crossover with Kid Fort. So Stop Motion Animation Workshop, that's a kid-friendly thing. We have a ton of kid-friendly programming. Um, and what's cool is if, if you go on the website and you type in in the search bar the, the forts, it'll show you all of the crossover programming. Oh, okay. That's so cool. So if you're so. like, what? what can my kids do at Hackfort? Mm -hmm. um, that's a good way to find that. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. so what do you see for the future of Hackfort in the next you know, three to five years? What do you what do you guys have planned? Any big, exciting things coming up? You know, so um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Drew Lorona. He's one of the founders of Treefort. He came on as the Hackfort producer this year, and I came on as the director. So we're a brand new team. This is our first year. So I think our, our intention this year was just to be like, what do we want to see happen with Hackfort? And I feel like we've done a pretty good job. So I think we just want to conquer this year. And then, um, but I think we're on to something like the, the whole like delight your audience thing. Um, I, I think that it, it makes technology a little more accessible to those that, you know, otherwise wouldn't, like you had mentioned, um, people that are intimidated by it or um, just think that the emerging technology is not for them. I mean, you know, I would say that the early adopters in this um, community are, are small in comparison with a lot of cities our size are bigger. So I think Hackford's like a good entry point. Like what is virtual reality? What is augmented reality? How, you know, can I come experience it? And so I feel like that is a really good through line for the rest of the Hackforts. We want people to just feel like they can come bring their families, participate in things, do the hardware hack, you know, just like really get their hands on a lot of these emerging technologies. Yeah, that's great. And what about for the future of like those maker spaces here in the Valley? What do you what do you see for the next few years with those growing, hopefully? Yeah, so in the past year, we have added, I think, nine new different maker spaces to the Treasure Valley. And I find that completely fascinating. Um, two years ago, we were kind of struggling to define what is a makerspace. I think what you're going to see in the next few years is a group of people coming together, building a larger centralized 
makerspace hub that's um, open to everybody in the community. And I'm not exactly sure how that's going to form or where that's going to form, but there's a big desire for people to kind of consolidate resources and centralize somewhere so that we can meet the demand of the community um, to try to give everybody access to those things. And what we see in making is in makerspaces is once people find out, oh, there's a makerspace I can go to and learn how to laser cut something, um, they tend to bring their whole families and it, the word tends to spread very quickly. So demand is building up at all of the different makerspaces across the valley. Um, our makerspace is incredibly in demand right now. And Upmaker Space, which just opened in January, they're in Garden City. Um, their membership is just growing exponentially right now. So we're going to see more of that mm -hmm. <laughs> and a bigger consolidated group space where we all share. Um, it would be great if at some point we can get member cards for Maker Spaces and we can all kind of become a member at one mm -hmm. makerspace and go to all the different makerspaces. Um, that's something that people are dreaming about right now, so I'm hoping that happens at yeah. some point, You're five years from now. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so if somebody listens today and they're like, oh man, I want to be a maker, that sounds awesome, What? how can they get, get involved? Just yeah. Start at your public library, right? Mm -hmm. If it's not your public library, um, if it's here on campus, come into the library and we'll get you started. Um, for anybody that's listening that's outside the Boise area, it's important to know that the public libraries in Idaho have um, augmented reality and virtual reality headsets. They have 3D printers at more than 50 of the 149 different public libraries across the state, including like Aberdeen, Idaho. So if you're in Aberdeen, Idaho, <laughs> they have an amazing... Um, little room. They actually took over their jail cells and converted them into little maker studios so you can work on your video, your podcasting, you can build a rocket. Um, Parma, Idaho did something really similar. They took a bank vault. They converted it into a little maker studio for podcasting and whatnot. So you can find this stuff anywhere. Um, but if you happen to be here, come stop by, even if you are just popping in for the day, and I'll give you a tour. Ah, that's great. So in Aberdeen, though, you're not going to be making next to criminals, right? Like, they, they close the jail? They close the jail cell. It's old jail cells, okay. yes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Sorry for not clearing that one up. Just want to make sure. <laughs> Jessica, can you speak a little bit to the uh, connections between Boise State and Hackfort, especially this year? Absolutely, yeah. Boise State is a really special sponsor. Um, they really do a good job, like, taking all the different departments and ensuring that, like, there's a real tie-in. Um, so I'd say uh, Boise State has not only connected us, um, you know, with a lot of their staff, like Amy's a good example, um, but also we do have some, someone from Boise State introducing 538 who's big into data. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of crossover. We're really grateful for Boise State. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. fantastic. Well, I think I'm, I'm going to open it up and see if anybody has any questions. Um, we'll let you guys ask them if you have any. Anybody? Sienna? Yes, Brady. Um, Amy, this question is for you. What is the thing that you have made that you're most proud of? Oh, my goodness. So I think what I'm most, me personally, am most proud of, um, aside from the makerspace itself, like a project, you mean, I used to make music, and I used to tour with a band. And uh, last year, I took a lily pad Arduino, and I took the best songs I ever made. I uh, coded the lily pad and loaded all the songs onto it, and I built this ridiculous scarf that somebody can wear that has speakers embedded in it, and they can listen to the songs. 
So it's kind of like a best of everything I've ever made all in one little scarf. Um, I can bring it to Hackfort <laughs> and share it with you. That's awesome. I'm, I'm curious if uh, Pokemon has had any influence on your programming and this idea of delightfulness for Hackfort this year. It's kind of you know the biggest thing that Americans have experienced in AR or augmented reality, mm -hmm. and I wondered if that played into that idea to go um, more audience-centric this year. Definitely. So um, in talking with Vinyl, which is the company that has built the augmented reality experience, um, one of the things that <clears throat> came about is that if we're going to do a real AR experience, it has to have um, an experiential component. It can't just have the novelty of like you point your phone and you see something that's not there. Um, and the bar was set by Pokemon. So interestingly enough, we started these conversations before Pokemon got big and Pokemon kind of set the bar for us. Um, so we have spoken you know, you asked about uh, future projects and um, something that we tried to do that was just too big of a project is having an experiential um, experience uh, at the main stage. So you would point your phone at a banner on the main stage and you would see all the little monsters uh, dancing around the stage and then you could like throw things at them or like have a party. Um, but that was just too big of a project and we weren't able to do it this year. So we kept it to like the very tactical, like let's do the schedules. Um, but that's something that we definitely would like to experiment with in the future, especially because again, like festivals haven't caught on to this, which is very surprising to me. I mean, uh, of all the applications when you have tons of people and they're all on their phones all the time, it makes sense to incorporate something that's augmented reality base. So we have the intention to, we attempted to, we didn't succeed this year, but we definitely um, look forward to including more of that in future years. Yeah. Well, it seems like what making is sort of all about too, is you, you try something, if you mm -hmm. don't do it this right away, you can do it again next time. Yeah. And what's great is like with a, with a lead time of a year, I feel like, and, and that's another thing, like these, these uh, mediums are evolving so quickly. You know, so it's it's difficult a year out to be like, this is what we're going to do. And then when you're three months up to it, you could be like, oh, gosh, we have all of these new technologies that have emerged within this medium, within this field. How do we incorporate those? So that's one challenge. You know, you can set your intentions, but a lot will change in a year, especially with VR and AR. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, for people who are less familiar with augmented reality, what's going to be an inviting place to start with Hackfort? There's actually two entry points. Um, so the first one is the schedule. So what's rad is that um, if you download the TreeFort app, which you should all have in your telephones, um, you can actually go into the augmented reality experience built by vinyl and you'll see it as an option to select um, and then you point it at a banner and you can see a schedule so the instructions are on the banner the instructions are on your phone it's very simple it's literally just launching the app launching that part of it and then pointing your phone so that's that's an easily accessible one another opportunity is vinyl will be doing a presentation at Hackfort about how they built this opportunity how they built this um, experience and They'll, same thing, they will walk you through like, okay, everyone open up your phone, open up the app, and then they'll give you instructions on stage. That's going to be a very different experience. It's even a surprise to me. So if you're like, wow, this schedule is the coolest thing. I want to learn more. I really encourage everyone to go to that presentation by vinyl. That's on Saturday at Hackport.
Um, yeah, you just mentioned that, and this is the truth, that technology is always changing. And I went to Hack for it last year. I was fascinated, but also very intimidated. Um, I do not have a background in hard sciences. And so this seems like a once a year kind of fire hose blast of technology. Um, but for people like me who don't uh, normally live in that world, what are things um, that you can do outside of Hackfort to kind of stay connected to this technology? So just last night in the Maker Lab on campus at the library, we hosted something called Breaking Barriers. And the purpose of that is for anyone who's identifying as feeling uncomfortable in the space, um, sometimes regarding their gender, right? So it's, it tends to be a very male-dominated space. They can come into the space and admit, oh, hey, I actually don't know how to do that. Um, and it's a super friendly, positive, we like to say micro-empowering. There's a lot of positive comments that get made about people when they're trying something new. It's like the perfect environment to try something new and just experiment. Um, oftentimes, we have these little Play-Doh circuits set up. And when you close the circuit, it'll play a piano. So you're playing Play-Doh, but it's making sounds. And that's kind of the most um, engaging, exciting, and like low barrier to entry tool that we kind of start playing with. So if you want to come by uh, any makerspace, we can try to show you how the makey-makey works. It's super fun. In addition to that, um, I want to... I went to a meeting last night with the Idaho Virtual Reality Council, and that's a really key question that they're asking right now because it, it is intimidating. Like, the idea of virtual reality versus like when you're actually experiencing it is very different. It's not 1992 anymore, you know. And so, it's not what you see in the movies. It's not Lawnmower Man, you know. And so, I think uh, they're really asking that question: like, how do we get ourselves out there? How do we? allow a good entry point for people to come and at least put a headset on and see what it's about because there's definitely an aha moment when that happens. Um, so I know that the IR IVRC is really um, doing a lot of events. Um, they're doing steam nights. Um, they're going out to schools. Um, so their, their intention is really to just get virtual reality out there. But beyond that, um, you know, Twitter is an amazing tool. Just looking up hashtags, look up hashtag VR, hashtag AR. I think that that's always an amazing tool to just see like where things at, you know, if you're just curious. Um, so those are my suggestions. But also the expo hall is free. So even if you don't buy a $30 hack for it badge, which everybody should, um, you can go to the fifth floor and jump and just go see all of the exhibitions and um, go put on that VR headset, go see that augmented reality experience. So um, so that's an easy entry point, I feel. Um, and that runs all hack for it. So Friday and Saturday of next week, 24th and 25th. Well, and I had a, a couple more questions. Amy, you mentioned earlier that you used to be in a band. How how did you transition from being in a band to like running a, a maker space? Um, so I've always worked in libraries. Um, I'm not going to tell you how many years because it's embarrassing at this point, but it's been a very long time. And I would tour while I was working in libraries. This was much more convenient when I lived on the West Coast. But I would say most of the technology that I have learned how to do pre-YouTube, um, pre-Facebook, um, was how to take my music, store it online, and allow it to be shared with other people. So I basically had to teach myself how to stream music online 
before you could just upload it to SoundCloud or whatever. Um, so most of my maker skills actually happened in that exploration. I had a personal project, right? Um, I learned uh, entrepreneurial skills. I had to figure out how to make money on the road and how to break even or better, um, which if you're in a band that actually breaking even is actually success, that would be the definition of success, <laughs> in my opinion anyway, um, before you make it big. Um, so I had to kind of learn all those maker and entrepreneurial skills through that personal project, and it helped me fuel my career in this way. So it helps to have had that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, just what about, how did you get involved with Hack4? You said this is your first year? Uh, as director. As director. Yeah, so I um, started a blog, gosh, two years ago? That long? I guess so. Um, called VR Dribble. <laughs> so sorry. Um, oh, you're totally cool. Um, <laughs> So yeah, VR Dribble, and I was just, um, I had, very similarly actually, like I had an interest, I saw this like emerging technology, um, I saw a lot of capability and possibility with it, and so I just wanted to educate myself, and so I was like, what better way to do that than by forcing yourself to write posts about it, and so I learned so, so much, and um, from that was introduced to the person directing Hackfort last year, and they invited me to do all the VR curation, um, so it was, it was a natural one. Yeah, that's and great. I took over the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Fantastic. Can't stop me now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think that's everything I have, unless you uh, have anything you'd like to add or if anybody else has any questions. Can I ask you a question, Janessa? I was going to ask you one, oh, so okay. you go first. So in the expo, I'm curious, without giving anything away in terms of surprise and delight, like what kinds of things can people expect in the expo if they just kind of want to get their feet wet with emerging technologies, like beyond if there's anything besides the augmented reality stuff? Hmm. So we really wanted to make it as local as possible. Um, and so there's actually way more virtual reality companies than I think a lot of people would expect. Um, so we've got like VR Agami, which teaches you like how to build things in a 3D space within virtual reality. Um, and so that's going to be a really fun one. Uh, we've also got the IVRC. Um, we've got Bion. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. They're building virtual reality games. I'm really impressed with what they're doing. Uh, and then Vinyl, of course, um, they've got some really cool, I think they won the Immersathon in October with the IVRC and Black Box. Um, and then on top of that, you know, we've just got like video games, like um, Idaho Game Developers. They've been here for a long time and they're displaying a lot of their stuff. And then they're also doing a talk about the fortunes and foibles of indie game publishing, I think is the name of their talk. Um, and then, We've got some exclusive VR experiences, like Eagle Flight VR. That's going to be an exciting one. Exclusive game. So Stardew Valley, it's available on Steam, but we'll be showing that. If you haven't played Stardew Valley, Eric Barone, he was Forbes's 30 under 30 um, for game uh, indie game creation, I believe, but this year. Um, so there's there's so much. I think in total we've got like... One tier 25 exhibitions. The Chickadees. If you guys aren't familiar with the Chickadees, it's this group of girls in Boise that are building robots. Um, not only are they doing a robot build workshop, but they're also displaying their robot from last year that they went to a competition with. Um, so there's so much cool stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, then of course, up Makerspace is going to be displaying what they're building. I mean, we've got some makers, you know, like hardware, um, citizen scientific workshop workshop, um, Unbound. So we do have a lot of like hardware as well. Mm -hmm. Um, what band were you in? That was my oh question. Gosh. I'm not going to say. What? I'm afraid you're all going to Google it. And I will um... Google it. 
<laughs> um, I was in a lot of different indie bands. Um, I will say that uh, the labels that I was on, um, Death Bomb Arc is one of them. And what's really been exciting in the past year is I used to play with uh, David Driggs, who's um, in Hamilton right now, and he's in a band called Clipping. That's been like a great honor to see them kind of rise to fame in the past year. Cool. Um, but he played at the crux with us like three years ago and now he's this mega star um so all of my bands kind of lived on that that label death bomb arc um so i would check them out and i would check out clipping and everything that they were doing because i'm not very active anymore with playing music so did you ever play tree fort i did how was that experience it was awesome we got to open one year and i had a rainbow parachute um, and we passed it out to everybody in the room, and everybody took a piece of the rainbow parachute, and we're all kind of flowing it up in the air and That's hiding great. underneath it, and super fun. So that was a great year. I shouldn't say I opened it. I, it was like at the crux before the official opening that happened at, um, where what is it called? The Cora Shrine. So I shouldn't say I officially opened it, because <laughs> it wasn't the official opening. Great. Can I ask you guys what your favorite True Fort experiences have been in the past? I mean, that might be yeah. it for you, but mm. I'd just like to know. That's a great question. I'm trying to think. My first hack for it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Tell us about it. Um, I was just kind of blown away by all of the different companies and the, talking about the technical culture that we're going to be starting here in Boise and being intentional about our culture. So instead of it turning into a place like Silicon Valley or Portland that Boise is saying, this is who we are as a tech culture. This is who we want to be. And we're intentionally trying to make it be a positive place for companies to grow. Mm -hmm. I really love that about, yeah. about Hackfort. Yeah, it's great. Now think about it, my best TreeFort experience was definitely Band Dialogue oh, two it's years so ago. The, when it was like right on Grove and 12th, it uh -huh. was, I just stumbled across it and it was like, I had a similar experience. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. If you guys haven't seen Band Dialogue, it's unbelievable. It's like, I want to say 50 bandmates from yeah. different bands, both local and national. And I forget the guy's name that composes it. Do you remember? I don't remember. But his name. so everybody gets like these tiny little amps and like one instrument. And he gets them all together and they do like one song and he composes it and directs it. And it's unbelievable. This year it's in the courtyard at Jump. Oh. Um, so it's a really like public spot that's not gonna be like overwhelmed by main stage or anything like that. It's gonna be so cool. Yeah. It's on Saturday at five o'clock. Yeah, it's like absolutely something not to be missed because it is one of the coolest things to see and well and hear mostly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. That's yeah. a good one. Does anyone else have a true fort experience that they they wanna share? Come on, Greg, I know you do. I don't know. I agreed with the yeah. The early Hackfort stuff was a blast because we weren't sure what was going to happen, and when people came, we were really excited. We sat watching. I, this is probably my favorite moment. I mean, I have a billion moments of music and and everything else and the story and story fort, which I go to a lot. But the sitting in that in the shrine, we had we, the first Hackfort was at the sh at the shrine in between sound checks. We had to plan around sound oh, checks, okay. uh, but it felt really cool. It felt part of the music festival. And whole companies showed up, and uh, but that morning we're sitting in there um, watching people kind of fill into seats, and they weren't. No one was sitting next to each other, right? Because all these tech folks. So somebody would sit in one seat, and then somebody would sit in the far opposite <laughs> seat, 
And then eventually it filled in, and we just didn't, we literally didn't know who was going to show up. It was a free event. We didn't really have tickets. And then, and they finally <laughs> filled that whole space, standing room only, and by the end of it, it was pretty amazing to think that, wow, we, maybe we can build something here. And uh, so that was probably mine, but I'm excited to see Will you tell the going. history of Hackfort? That seems like an appropriate thing to talk about right now. <laughs> the history of Hackfort, I think it kind of... You know, some, uh, everything's about relationships, right? So uh, Phil Merrill, who's one of our, he's our app designer here. He's a tech guy, but he's a philosophy major from Boise State. He's a former professional baseball player, super <laughs> interesting guy. He and uh, Eric Gilbert, who's one of the Tree Court founders, are really good friends. We play basketball all the time. Those guys, for a while, actually lived together when they were, um, and they got to talking about how you know, at these, some of these other festivals, there are some of these bigger things. They had already kind of branched into Hale Fort and Yoga Fort and a handful of the other kind of side forts. But this idea being, can we do something here? And so Eric and and Phil went to his bosses in OIT, and Eric and I started talking about it because uh, we had known each other for a long time. And so then we just kind of realized this was a good chance for Boise State to get involved in something that up to then had kind of been a neat community thing, but from a university standpoint, how do you how do you engage on kind of a music festival and have it be meaningful and tied into the mission of the university and all that? And this kind of opened that door um, and and kind of went from there. And we sort of, you know, for a while then it was a, a filmmaker and a dancer and a marketing guy kind of trying to put together a, tech, a technology <laughs> conference and bringing in different folks and getting them excited and. Uh, and bringing in more and more sponsors and finding you know the, the the folks who kind of were engaged with it, so that's kind of where it went from there. And it really launched Boise State being really involved, yeah, and much more things, story for it, film for it, yeah, uh, all the things that are really relevant to kind of our arts and humanities and technology mission. This is a bit more macro, but an idea that came about that we're doing that I'm so excited about is um, a lot of Boise State students are here for spring break. And so we had an early, early discussion about like really capitalizing on that and creating a program where BSU students can do like a week long volunteer session with Tree Fort and it's happening. And it sounds like the students are just so stoked. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's so volunteering, like you sign up, you pick your shifts, you, you can say like which fort you're excited about and you want to volunteer for, but you really don't have a lot of control generally. But this program like has been curated for Boise State. And so it's like very specific like what are the students excited about what are ways we can get out in the community and so and it sounds like it's it's going to be really successful so um so you bsu students for next year if you're not going anywhere and spending your dollars for um spring break we really suggest that you take part of the program yeah i mean that that was one of the things we got to talking about here if it's always going to be at spring break we send students to Jamaica or Costa Rica to do sort of learn how to kind of get involved in communities and do good works. We're doing a lot of good things here. Treefort is a B corporation. We had some students who actually worked on that again this year, kind of helping keep that. It's a corporate for folks who are listening who don't really know. It's a, it's kind of another way to kind of incorporate that involves a real connection to the community and a devotion to giving back. And that relationship works so well with Boise State. So I'm really excited to see this sort of turn into something that becomes a destination weekend or week for, for students here who can kind of do a lot of good, learn about the community, give back to the community, and have a pretty good time and learn a lot too. So it's going to be pretty great. 
Yeah, and something that we always say about Tree Fort is, like, Boise is a beautiful place. Like, the people are lovely and sweet, and, you know, our weather's nice, and, like, it's a cost of living is high, but, like, there's something that happens during Tree Fort. Like, the way the only way I can describe it is, like, it goes up into the clouds <laughs> where, like, everybody has, like, unicorn magic, like, spraying out of their ears. I mean, like, everyone's so <laughs> happy <clears throat> and so polite, and um, and I think that it it's just such a wonderful magical thing so if these students are experiencing this in like a deeper more rewarding way I think that 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 is just one step towards keeping our students here you know because it's like one thing to get excited about one thing to participate in you know and so I, I really think that the the volunteer program that we've created is, is going to be a, a strong way to keep students here which is always a question yeah. you know how, how do we keep them here because Boise is so great right. and there right. are opportunities there are a ton of opportunities so yeah, I did want to talk about one more crossover. Yeah. Story Fort and Hack Fort. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Toya Finley, or I'm sorry, not Toya Finley, Anna May. She is um, the co-writer of Mass Effect 3, which is a very popular PS4 game. Um, and she's also the leading writer in diversity in, in games. So um, she writes very strong female leads, which is not common in video games. And then she also um, kind of allows you to choose your partner, male, female, male, male, female, female. So she's she's big on diversity in writing, which is sorely lacking. Um, so her and this woman named Toya Finley, they wrote a book about narration in video games. Um, and they're both on a panel for for narration in video games, but they're also talking about that at StoryFort. Yeah. So that's a really great crossover as well. So, cool. so for those that are writers and interested in, like, what does it take to write a video game? Like, I never even thought about that. Yeah. Um, that'll be a, a fun um, access point. You know, we talked about access points, and I feel like that's a great one. That is a good one. That's mm -hmm. great. Cool. Excellent. Well, I think we're good, so we'll probably wrap things up. Thank you both so much for being with us. Thanks. Talking about all sorts of fun stuff. So everybody get out there and go to Hack Fort and Tree Fort and check out the maker spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hack Fort badges are only $30, so if you don't buy a Tree Fort pass, it's a, it's a fun thing to go to. And we've got a kickoff party on Thursday and then programming all weekend long. Perfect. So. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Well, thank you again so much.